Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. I am Ed Vitagliano, sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Ed. And Chris Woodward. Good, Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. And I don't have my little piece of paper here. What's the uh, What's the date? It's the eighteenth, twentieth, twentieth. All right. That's why. I, that's why I need my my paper. I get I get lost. Eighteenth. Yeah. You don't whatever. have papers. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have your papers. Papers, please. Hey, you know we joke around about that, but uh, we're we're not as far away from that as we no. once thought. We thought it would be impossible around here. One election away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, elections have consequences. You just ask the people of uh, Germany. Yes. Uh, all right. We don't. We don't. We. You know. We don't even want to joke around about that. That's awful. Nope. It'd be an awful fate. Uh, but anyway. Uh, it is uh, Thursday, and we are less than three weeks away, like two and a half weeks away from the election. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Correct, Chris? Mm-hmm. Two weeks from Tuesday. Come this coming Tuesday. And what an election. You know, uh, Fred, we, we've kind of kind of joked around about this, but every election really since the year 2000 we've been talking about is the most important election we've ever faced and it's not an exaggeration because as the country continues to slide away further and further away from God, uh, every election does have really um, heavy consequences. A lot, a lot weighing in the balance. Yeah. Well, we had a we have a very wide gulf now uh, between the two parties when it comes to values and where the two parties want to take the country. Right. And so. Uh, as we have seen in the last 18 months uh, in the wake of the election of Joe Biden and the Democrats controlling the House and the Senate, uh, we have seen a, a lot of just an observer of politics. We'll put it that way. Let's, you know, back away from partisanship. But you, you cannot debate the fact that there have been radical changes in 18 months. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I go back to Barack Obama, <clears throat> his election, and he said, we want to change the country, change the world. And there were certainly changes under Barack Obama, but we've actually seen more changes under Joe Biden yes. and the Democrats in the last 18 months than we could have imagined. Uh, and so that's why I, I think this midterm, I think, may be regarded as one of the most important midterms uh, because uh what many people believe is that something conservatives believe primarily something has to be done to to stop the Joe Biden agenda. Right. And the way to do that, they believe, is to elect Republicans uh, to the House and perhaps control of the Senate as well. And that will put some kind of gate uh, on uh, Joe Biden's agenda. Well, so with that in mind, folks, I do, do want to let you know that uh, in roughly two and a half weeks, uh, two weeks from this coming Tuesday, as Chris mentioned, we'll be having an election an election special on American Family Radio brought to you by AFA Action. So we will be uh, covering the election results as they come in on that night right here on American Family Radio. 
And I'm not sure exactly who the the, the team will be that will be covering. I'm sure Fred, you will be in there. Will be uh, part of it, and maybe Chris. I'm not sure uh, who who will I'll be, be here in for the pizza. What's that? I'm coming for the pizza. You're coming for, for the pizza. Well, then whether I'm on whether I'm on the team or not, I will be here if there's going to be pizza. Anyway, that's an election special coming up. You will not want to miss. We will have a Christian perspective on what is happening and unfolding as it unfolds. For those of you who want to watch this program, you can do so at Facebook or YouTube simply by uh, searching for today's issues and clicking through. Uh, we have, we are, our ban has been lifted from YouTube, uh, but we encourage folks to uh, join the 21st century and go to our AFA streaming platform. That is streaming.afa.net and you can watch the video stream live of this program and other talk programs throughout the day. Uh, I would also like to encourage you to get the AFR app for your smartphone or other portable device, or you can listen online at AFR.net. We stream all our audio of our radio programs live. You can also get podcasts of programs that you have missed and would like to here at AFR.net. All right, Chris, go ahead and get us started. Well, uh, as you mentioned, the election is just around the corner, and um, the Biden administration has claimed for months, a couple of years even, uh, that he does plan on running again for re-election in 2024. As a matter of fact, it was among the first questions for Jen Psaki in uh, 2021 after Joe Biden took office, that question being, is he going to run again in 2024? And she said, he was. Uh, they seem to still think he's interested, uh, but depending on what happens in the midterm elections, that could spell doom for a Biden re-election campaign. And that's not just me saying it. It's former Clinton pollster and advisor Mark Penn. He was on Fox and Friends uh, talking about the consequences for Biden and the Democrats if they lose the midterm elections. Clip one. Most Democrats don't want to see Joe Biden run for re-election. They don't support him. You know, the ratings that he's getting nationally, once you're below 40, is, is really a really difficult rating to sustain through the midterms. Joe Biden's come out swinging. He gave that speech. He's trying to get on the campaign trail. Uh, he knows his presidency is at stake in these midterms. If it's a wipeout, the chance he can run again, I think, is nil. Uh, and if it's a miraculous, you know, Democratic comeback, I think he'll, he'll run again for president. And he knows that. And that's why I think he's out there on the trail. Uh, every, uh, you know, I guess not mm -hmm. this week, but other than that. You know, Fred, a little curious with Mark Penn making that statement that we just heard. He was on Fox News being interviewed about uh, the future of President Joe Biden. Um, now, I, I would I would guess that most political analysts would be right in line with what Mark Penn is saying. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be very difficult for Joe Biden if he leads his party to disaster with the radical policies that he has put in place and continues to double down on. Um, and we can discuss that here, and I would like to discuss it just at least briefly. We've touched on it before. But it, it's interesting, as Mark Penn was speaking, I was thinking, well, gee, Mark, who might, if Joe Biden doesn't run in 2024, who do you know that might want to run? And I'm, I'm wondering if in the back of his mind, it's just pure speculation if he's thinking Hillary Clinton, because other than Joe Biden running for reelection, 
I'm not sure who carries enough weight with Democrats who is a current political figure uh, that would um, draw at least some support. And Hillary Clinton obviously has name recognition. So I wonder if that's in the back of his mind. Well, Kamala Harris is out because of her laugh. <laughs> she's out because she's in over her head. Yeah, we, we know that. But she does have an irritating laugh. Yes, Gavin as, Newsom. As Gavin Newsom is too far to the left. He may be popular in California, uh, but being co- popular in California doesn't make you popular in Florida right. and Ohio or and anywhere else. So um, the name Hillary Clinton keeps coming up, and conservatives at least shake their head at that possibility. There is no question. There is no question. This is a woman who has wanted to be president for a very yeah. long time. And... <clears throat> And I hope people understand uh, when I make this next remark, I think she's a smarter politician than Joe Biden. Yeah. And we talked about that. I, I think if Barack Obama could run, he'd be a shoe in. Yeah. You know, but he's already got his eight years in. So I, I think you're probably going to see the possibility of a Hillary Clinton if Joe Biden doesn't run in 24. But there may be somebody out there that's not on our mindset right now. Right. I am sure... That mentioning Barack Obama, he's going out on the campaign trail. I think right. he's down in Georgia today or tomorrow uh, campaigning for Stacey Abrams and a few other people. Warnock. Warnock. Um, but I, I think there are people like Barack Obama who probably is having meetings at his house. Martha's Vineyard, is that where he lives now? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah. He's probably having meetings there, and uh, they are probably drawing up a short list of people probably that we are not aware of yet. That's how that's how Bill Clinton yes. got elected. He came out of nowhere, yes, uh, yeah. and just hit at the right time. That can happen. Yeah, and and I find it very interesting that Barack Obama has been openly, publicly critical of the Democrat strategy. Remember, in the last ten days or so, what was the he used the term buzz buzzworks buzz buzzwords are buzz buzzwords buzzwords or buzzworks or something like that and he was he was basically critical of the democratic party focusing so much on abortion right versus the economy and also which i found very interesting he said the party's making a mistake by picking on people for pronouns yeah. uh, uh and and so he's I, I said it earlier this week. He is a smart politician. Don't agree with his politics. Right. But he's a smart politician. So that's why I think there are strategists behind the scenes who are asking the questions that we're talking about this morning. Joe Biden doesn't run, and I don't think he will win or lose Congress two weeks from now. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going I, to I agree. Yeah. I don't think he's I don't think he I don't think he has it. No. I don't think he has the stamina or the ability he cannot be on a debate stage with a no. Republican nominee for two or three debates. He just, I just don't think he can. I was, now I will say this. I was surprised when he was able to in 2020. Yeah. I think, I just think they had him medicated up. Yeah. So, you know, with, I don't know what they use for vitamins. I, I probably would like to find out mm-hmm. on some days I could use a <laughs> jolt, but it would be interesting mm-hmm. if it was because I think that, Former President Trump will run, and if he does, he is likely at this point, I would say, sixty-five or seventy, you know, uh, percent chance he runs, he gets the nomination for the Republican Party. 
Would the media go crazy if it was a Trump-Hillary Clinton rematch? <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's like Rocky Two or yeah. Three. Yeah. You know, the movie where, is Mick going to die? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, uh, Chris, uh, I, I just find it interesting as as we, we're right up on the cusp of the midterm election elections, and uh, it is very clear that some major decisions will have to be made probably by the Repu- by the Democratic Party in the wake of what looks like a pretty big red wave mm-hmm. coming. The Democratic Party is going to have to make some huge, you know, decisions about the party's future on the long term and then on the short term in terms of 2024. See, I, I don't I, I – I honestly believe that the party, the Barack Obama strategist, I'll call them that that group of people, they're going to want to come back and look for a Bill Clinton type person who appears to the American people to be more moderate. Yes. Because if the economy keeps going the way it is with gas prices and all of that sort of thing happening and this forceful agenda of trying to get people away from their fossil-fueled cars to electric cars, all of that and what it means for the economy, I just I, I just don't see any party winning with that. Yeah. It's, you know, can you imagine people being told they're going to a car lot to buy a car? I'm sorry, you can't buy a fossil-fueled car. Right. It's either you don't have a car or it's going to be this electric car. Yeah. The American people are not going to put up with that. Right. It's, it's it's as simple as that. So whatever happens in a in a couple of weeks, I think you're going to see a moderating of the agenda of the Democratic Party, regardless. Do you think they can with the uh, the left wing of their party, the socialist wing, the AOC, Bernie Sanders, you know, the squad? You think they can moderate? I think if they lose both the House and the Senate, for sure. They're going to have to moderate because the message is going to be clear. The American people, just like what happened in Virginia a year ago, uh, Democrats found out they went too far. Right. And the only way Democrats in Virginia could get back in power, they would have to moderate. Yeah. They would have to start listening to parents and say, hey, we're going to listen to you guys. And, you know, we're not going to have so much wokeness in our schools, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they may be lying. Right. uh, But they have to they have to at least present a more moderate agenda and that would actually be that would actually be bad news for christians yes if the democratic party did that because i think they can win yes in 2024 with the with the kind of quote and we're using air quotes here i'm using yes. air quotes the the moderation of the democratic party agenda because that it's window dressing yes and the problem for christians is you'll get Democrats back into positions of power Mm -hmm. and then that will allow at least another two years, maybe four more of this socialist, um, radical, radically sexualized agenda Mm -hmm. behind the scenes to make even more advances. So it may very well be that it's a good thing that the Democratic Party has this radical left wing I mean, AOC has found out, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, Chris, uh, she, do, do we have any sound of her? Uh, I think maybe Steve has some. It, it, some of her town halls, mm-hmm. she's been shouted down 
from people on the left. Yes. To the left of AOC. <laughs> These are some of the folks that the Democrats are having to contend with. So, all right. What else we got, Chris? That was kind of a long. Oh, no. <laughs> That's fine. I'm trying to determine. I've discussion. got a lot of stuff here. Uh, let's, let's mention this because uh, we're talking about uh, Democrats here. One of the things they have um, been criticizing Republicans for is for being quote-unquote election deniers, um, denying the results of the 2020 election, saying things like uh, Donald Trump um, lost to Joe Biden. You know, people are – people. some people feel that Joe Biden stole the election, stuff like that. And, of course, you've got uh, documentaries and films and stuff out there. There's all kinds of things you can read about on the Internet. And it was not that long ago – uh, in this news cycle, it feels like 50 years ago, but it was not that long ago that Democrats questioned election results. The 2016 election. Right. I mean, Hillary Clinton held on to for years, maybe still does, that she lost because Russia colluded with Trump and she was robbed of what was due her and all and that Trump other stuff. And Trump was an illegitimate sure. president. Now, uh, the reason I bring this up is because this is a topic that's been out there for a couple of days. We're just now getting to it. So thanks for sticking with us, listeners. Um, it's an audio of gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake out in Arizona. She's a Republican. And she was confronted uh, by an, about being an election denier. Uh, and she used that opportunity to turn the conversation back onto reporters and Democrats that were themselves election deniers not that long ago. Clip five. Let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. Oh, wow, look at this. This is from... This is from uh, Joe Biden's press secretary. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Democrats saying that. Is that an election denier? Oh, look at this. Just heard Republican Ryan Costello said it would be difficult for Stacey Abrams to win because she lost her state bid, but yet she's still claiming she never lost. This is outright Hillary Clinton. Trump is an illegitimate president. Is she an election denier? This one says, was the 2016 election legitimate? It now definitely is a question worth asking. That's the Los Angeles Times. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections, but it's not okay for Republicans. Yeah, Yeah. that was a home run. I watched the the whole exchange there. Uh, There was a a panel of reporters who were questioning her. And they didn't have a lot to say about that. She's a pretty sharp lady. Yeah. Uh, she was in the media herself. So she's savvy. She's journalist, uh, a news anchor there. Uh, I'm not sure what market in Arizona, but uh, very sharp. So she's not intimidated by reporters. And it was very interesting because she was challenged by some reporter on that panel. Oh, uh, you're one of those that has questioned the results of the 2020 election. Do you, you know... Do you think that's credible, et cetera? And, and one of her people handed her this two pages yeah. of Democrats, which she then proceeded to read out loud, Democrats who have questioned the legitimacy of other elections, 2016, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, et cetera, et cetera. So she's pretty sharp. She's ready. She knows what questions those left-wing reporters are going to ask, and she is ready for it. She keeps her cool. She really does. And she doesn't back away from it. She has a very, very good chance of becoming the next governor of Arizona. I think. I think last poll I re- uh, uh, looked at has her up three or four points. Yeah. In that race, listen, there are still Democrats who who believe that Al Gore yes. should have been president in two thousand. 
yes. and that George Bush's election was handed to him by the Supreme Court and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So listen, uh, everyone, it's no, I don't say everyone. There are a lot of people. It's not unusual for people to question the results mm-hmm. of elections. You can go back into the 1800s in this country where elections were very close. The same kinds of comments were being used. But to Carrie Lake's point, the Democrats only use the words election denier yes. when it's a Republican. Yeah, and she I did mean, a great job of throwing that back in their faces. And what else, what can they say? Oh, yeah. What, uh, what can they say? They're not going to call Hillary Clinton an election denier because they favor her politically. Yeah. And, so it was and, great. and the other thing is uh, good on Carrie Lake because the mainstream media, uh, if they were honest, Every time somebody accuses Trump and others uh, of questioning the 2020 results, if they were really good and honest journalists, they would say, but Democrats have done the same thing in the past. Yeah. But I challenge you to read the Associated Press and others. They will not go back. Right. They will not do that. Uh, so and, and, you know, they're using the Democrats are using phrases like so-and-so is a threat to democracy yes, because they're deniers of what happened in, in 2020. So you're hearing those phrases, but they're just political phrases, folks, that have nothing to do with reality. Well, it was, it, it's been clear over the last year, at least, that the Democrats, in collusion with, if I might, the mainstream media, the legacy media, by that we mean the ABC, NBC, CBS, M- MSNBC, the liberal media, they have been putting forth a narrative which includes the words yes. threat to democracy. That has been thrown around, and that followed up with white supremacists, uh, white nationalists. Those kinds of narratives have been put forward as a way to paint conservatives, Republicans into a corner, make them go on the defensive to protect their their name, so to speak. But every time I hear threat to democracy, I go, I think it's probably just the opposite. Yes. When you say it, mm-hmm. since it's a talking point, it's probably just the opposite. You have anything you can toss in for 30 seconds? Yeah, a lot of people uh, have been messaging us about this. We just had somebody named Roxy send us a comment about this on the Facebook feed. Um, People are wanting to know if we're aware of and covering uh, today's supposed CDC committee vote on whether to add COVID shots uh, to the list of things that kids have to get in order to go to public schools. We are on top of it. You can visit AFN.net right now for an article featuring Matt Staver of Liberty Council and Twyla Brace, who is a registered nurse and president slash co-founder of Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Go to AFN.net for more on that story. Yeah, right. and, and basically what this means, guys, is that, you know, when your kids go into public schools, uh, they get a series, uh, I'm not sure, they still do polio or mm-hmm. smallpox. Well, what they want, what they're the, deciding on is they're going to add COVID shots to that. So your kid, you know, is going to get punched for polio, get punched for smallpox, and now uh, we're going to punch you for COVID as well. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to go over. <laughs> I expect I expect some lawsuits if yeah. that is. Attorney General instituted. will no doubt sue. Yeah. I would be shocked if they didn't. So here in the last whatever seconds we've got before our break, mm-hmm. uh, let folks know about American Family News. Lots of great stories that we cover. We don't always get to it here. Right. Yeah, AFN.net is our website for American Family News. AFN.net, you will find articles uh, that are the print version of stories you hear from Steve Jordahl. Charlie Butts, Chad Groening, 
uh, myself and many others. We have AP content on there as well. Uh, and you can subscribe and get an email once a day with five or six articles to keep you informed. All right, folks, uh, great new Christian movie coming out this weekend, Paul's Promise. After the break, we're going to talk to one of the producers of that new movie, get his take on what it is and why it's important Christians go see it. And then at 1045, Jan Markell will be on to discuss issues related to Gog and Magog. You don't want to miss that. We'll be right back. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Grace Smith was 16 years old when World War II broke out. She was a teenage bride at the time, and when her husband was called to the front lines, she dropped out of school. Life came at Grace fast and furious, and finishing her high school education became a fleeting thought. She eventually became a bus driver for the Madison County School System in Alabama, driving kids to and from for 30 years. Her family said Grace was never one to look back on the past never mentioned any regrets except for one. Grace wanted to finish her high school education. And so it was that 79 years later, Grace Smith received her diploma at Hazel Green High School wearing a scarlet cap and gown. Grace was surrounded by all of her family, including 26 great-grandchildren. In her commencement address, Grace summed up the day by pointing out that it's always better late than never. I'm Todd Starnes. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1, verse 11. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman today. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. Well, folks, if you are watching the program online on Facebook, Chris Woodward has posted, we were talking about American Family News before the break, but a story about uh, an upcoming new film, Christian film, called, uh, the name of it is Paul's Promise. So you want to read an article, we're going to discuss Paul's Promise here in just a moment. If you want to read an article uh, about that from our own American Family News staff, you can go to Facebook, our Facebook page for today's issues, and check it out. All right, well, Nick Logan, who uh, I think was on with us a week or two ago, is CEO of Cornerstone Payment Solutions. He's also a producer for Paul's Promise, and it releases this weekend. Uh, Nick, welcome back to today's issues. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Nick, this is Ed. Fred and Chris are uh, with me here in studio. So uh, I watched the trailer of For Paul's Promise earlier in the week. Looks like a- an incredible movie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, you know, don't want any plot spoilers, but uh, tell us a little bit about this film and why you think it's important for Christians to check it out this weekend. Excellent. Well, yeah, I don't want to give the plot spoilers, but the reality is this is a film that God has been so instrumental in bringing to us. With all the issues that are going on today with race relations, this shows a true gritty story and just God's redemptive love in these men's lives. And it's just wonderful to see. And it's true. That's the most, you know, the best part about it is that you get a chance to see what God did in a man's life. Uh, Paul Holderfield, uh, who is who was a pastor, started a church in Little Rock, Arkansas. But the story behind that is what we made the film about. Well, um, Christian films have, uh, some have done well uh, over the last 20 years or so. Some have uh, been kind of missed by Christians. Um, it is important for Christians to support films that have not just a faith angle, but a uh, specifically Christian angle, uh, because that allows additional films to be made. Um, Make a case for why Christians should go to the theater uh, this weekend, right? This is the release of Paul's Promise? Yes, and and that point is so important. The reality is that Hollywood will make and agree and support films based on box office. The opening night, which is Friday night, is essential for our film. So listeners, please pray about it. Uh, This film is an important one because Hollywood needs to hear that we've had it with the woke films. We've had it with trying to be convinced and pretend that a man with a five o'clock shadow is actually a woman because he wants to wear a dress. And that's what they're shoving down our throats. And why Christians need to get out is I think we need to take every thought captive, and I've heard that somewhere in the Bible, that we need to take every thought captive. And to do that, we need to look at what's going in and being fed into our mind. And and this film does that. It it really, uh, I think, will tell Holly we've had a great response. We've done our premieres. But it just takes people saying, you know what? I'm going to support these films, and I'd like to see more of them. 
Nick, it's Fred here. Uh, a lot of people listening right now may be wanting to say, how, where, where can I go to watch this? You have a website, paulspromisemovie.com. Yeah. Folks can go there and get the yeah. location. And if you don't find your location, yeah. there's something you can do about it. Absolutely. Please go to paulspromisemovie.com. The locations are up. Um, and even that, gentlemen, was just a struggle because when we were bringing our movie out, um, we had 500 theaters to take it to. And we were talking to the theaters, and they're like, well, we just want to see how Halloween now or Halloween 14 or whatever it is does. And I'm like, you know something? I pray that, that God will show you as theater owners that the public wants this. So we literally were praying round the clock. And as of today, most of the theaters are up. Uh, they're lit up on our website under paulspromisemovie.com. You hit the theater tab, and if they're green, you can actually purchase tickets right now through Fandango and the other groups. If they're not, there's a demand button on the top of the screen. And if you hit that, then we can go back to Cinemark and Regal and AMC and the other theaters. They look, you know, you have chosen not to put it here, but the public wants it. All right. So, Nick, uh, one last time before we let you go, uh, give the website. Uh, again, folks, this is for a Christian film. It is based on a true story. It is incredibly relevant to the discussions going on currently in our nation over the subject of race. It is a Christian film about the power of God to change people. And uh, so it's called Paul's Promise. And this is a film, uh, folks, that you need to support. Uh, I've gotten increasing, I'll just say personally, I've gotten increasingly strict on what I will see and and what I will spend money on um, uh, because... uh, as Nick Logan, our guest, mentioned, there are a lot of movies out there now that are pushing, uh, frankly, satan- satanic, uh, demonic doctrines, and they are pushing it into yeah. our culture, and they're making a bundle off it, and then using those funds to do more of it. We need to support films that glorify God and show people a way out through Jesus Christ. So, uh, Nick... Uh, one last time, give the uh, website uh, for people who want to find out if Paul's Promise is at a theater near them. Absolutely. It's, please visit paulspromisemovie.com, paulspromisemovie.com. You will see at least four to 500 theaters. If you don't see a theater, hit the demand button, and we will have people jump on it to make sure that that film is available near you. All right. Nick, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for all you do for the kingdom, but also thank you for being involved with this film and uh, for promoting it. Uh, it's uh, time for, for Christians to vote with their wallets on some of these kinds of Amen. issues. Uh, light a candle, not just Amen. gripe about the darkness. Thanks, Nick. Amen. God bless you guys. All thank right. you. That's Nick Logan, who is CEO of Cornerstone Payment Solutions. He's been on today's issues before. He's a friend of this ministry, American Family Association and American Family Radio. He's also a producer for this movie, Paul's Promise, which opens this weekend. All right, Chris, what else we have? We have five minutes before... Jan is on with us. Yes. Uh, you got a story you can shoehorn in here? Yeah, I do, yes. Uh, you mentioned uh, the fr- the words Christians and wallets there a minute ago. This is a story that's going to hurt both. I'm sure everybody's aware of this, but if you're not, that's what this show is about, today's issues. Um, there are many published reports out there today 
that say the State Department has been funding what are being referred to as drag theater performances in Ecuador. Taxpayer-funded drag theater performances in Ecuador. Not in the United States. Somewhere else. And we're paying for this garbage. So you talk about the importance of getting messages like Paul's Promise out there in theaters, so that way there's not just a bunch of gobbledygook out there. Uh, we need those kinds of things, and we need Christians to stand up and support those kinds of things, be more active in uh, fighting the culture wars, because our own government is using our money to fund things like drag theater performances abroad. You know, um, Fred, being America being in the position it is, um, the wealthiest, uh, the most influential, let's put it that way, certainly the most powerful in terms of military. I know all those things can change. They do fluctuate. Uh, there may be some nations that per capita are considered more wealthy, but we're a nation of 330 million. Tremendous opportunities here. But we have, we also have a lot of influence culturally on the world because yeah. our movies, our music, I mean, those are top of, top of the list in terms of influence yeah. money makers mm -hmm. we have blockbuster blockbuster films that are viewed around the world so this is not a small thing when the u.s government under the Biden administration is using taxpayer dollars to go into a nation like ecuador which is primarily catholic yeah. conservative culturally and socially and push drag queen story hours and performances on those people how do those people view the United States government yeah. and the and the American people when they say, what's going on in our little community? Oh, this is be the American government is funding this. They do the same thing on the issue of abortion yeah. and pornography. Uh, this is a serious thing. The United States is known for its missionary influence, but we are also known for the sewage, the cultural sewage that we are pumping into the rest of the world. You know, one of the people criticizing the United States right now, uh, Vladimir Putin, for uh, the moral degradation of the world. Uh, not that I'm a supporter of Vladimir Putin right. for any second, but isn't it strange he is being rightly condemned for what he's doing in Ukraine? Right. But at the same time, uh, when it comes to morality issues, uh, Russia is moving to the right of the United States. Uh, you've got countries like Hungary that are moving to the right of the United States when it comes to standing up for moral values. Yes. Brazil. Uh, now, they're into, into the midst of an election down there now, and they, they could move to the left. But you've got other countries now that are coming out and shaming the United States. And I, I still have to believe that overall... The majority of American people do not go along with what Hollywood is producing right. and what is being promoted by the left. But it goes back to something we say often, elections have consequences. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood is behind the Biden administration. The mainstream media, legacy media, is behind the Biden administration. And they do not have the moral standards that I think most Americans still stand for. Yeah, and and it is, and it's very sad. It, it and it's really, frankly, it's uh, it it's disgusting for the United States to push this. And see, their whole 
The whole idea behind doing that mm-hmm. is that the people of Ecuador, with their religious faith, are ignorant, and we're going to show them by bringing in these drag queens. I don't know if they're American drag queens or drag, you know, uh, drag queens from Ecuador. I'm sure every country's got uh, folks of that mindset. But it's uh, their belief is that these people are backwards. They're ignorant. They're backwater bumpkins. And what they need is the benighted United States to pay for a show that's going to bring them into the 21st century. Well, you know what? Uh, that's not the 21st century I live in. No. And this is not new. This is not the, uh, the wheels of history turning in a more progressive direction. We're actually going backwards yes. to pagan sexuality. And it's, it's, it's sad and it's shameful what the United States does with tax dollars uh, when the majority of Americans, I agree with you, don't want our tax dollars being spent. They don't want our tax dollars being spent in Ecuador when those tax dollars could be used here yeah. to and build bridges. And it's not just this. Uh, we ought to be disgusted by the fact that the Democrats uh, want to spend millions of dollars promoting abortion in various parts of the world. Right. And, and they go through the State Department and— uh, they're spending uh, just over $20,000 in Ecuador on this program. Yeah. But uh, uh, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi and the gang, they want to spend millions promoting abortion around the world. Uh, so there's, uh, again, elections have consequences, folks. There's a value system difference between the political parties like we've never seen before. All right. Well, on uh, Thursdays, we try to have Jan Markell of Olive Tree Ministries on with us, and she is going to join us uh, today. And uh, Jan, we uh, welcome you back to the program. Are you in Minneapolis or on the road somewhere? No, I'm in. I'm in beautiful Minneapolis. We we got winter a little early this year, but um, it was. Uh, about 30 degrees a day or two ago, it'll be 70 over the weekend. So stick around and it will change. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of that, that little uh, uh, early winter weather yeah. that kind of uh, draped over the middle of the country uh, right. is uh, is going to disappear. But uh, I, I know we lost we lost some plants due to freezes. Uh, really? Uh, you know, well, I'm not a farmer. I, I'm a city boy. So there were some of my wife's plants. I don't, you know, take that personally, but it was unseasonal and it is supposed to warm up and very glad that you're going to get some of that warm and toasty weather back. But, yes. uh, but we, we did want to talk to you about a, a story that actually you brought uh, to our attention and that has to do with tensions between Russia and Israel. And uh, this is from a website, All Israel News. It says, uh, echoes of Gog and Magog, question mark, tensions between Russia, Israel, soar as top Putin ally threatens Moscow, ready to cut diplomatic relations with Jerusalem. Uh, Not exactly shocking news that countries around the world uh, are kind of beating up on Israel. This happens frequently, even from this country. But whenever it happens... And it's Russia that does kind of echo uh, biblical prophecy. We wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to try to summarize it down to a couple of paragraphs, um, as I did with um, Chad Browning the other day or so ago. And 
the Bible in Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine, of course, uh, talks about a coming. Well, we we don't know for sure that Gog and Magog involves Russia. I believe it does. Some scholars uh, might think it could be Turkey, who is Gog, but I, I really think uh, Gog is the leader of the land of Magog. In other words, the Russian leader is going to lead a coalition in the future to uh, invade Israel and seize her wealth, and that would be uh, out of Ezekiel 38:39. 39. Uh, and I think the question is, well, what is the wealth of Israel, and how does that apply to today? So Europe is no longer going to be getting sufficient natural gas from Russia, thanks to the Nord Stream sabotage, which it clearly was. Uh, therefore, what are Europeans supposed to do? Believe me, I'm from the northern climate here, and without heating in the northern climate, it would be a literal nightmare to even survive. So I'm, I'm extremely concerned for the European people. Um, well, uh, Israel has the capacity to provide all that was lost from Russia. Uh, Israel can provide it to Europe. They are even doing so as I speak by diverting it to Egypt. Egypt turns it into liquefied gas, and then it gets sent to parts of Europe. But but the point is there's so much natural gas off the shoreline of Tel Aviv and Haifa and other places near in, in Israel. The question then is, could this be the spoil? Could this be the wealth that will drive the Russians in Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 30:39, to come down, invade Israel, seize her various kinds of wealth, and fulfill that scriptural passage? The short answer to that is we don't know, but it surely looks suspicious. Uh, a lot of people wonder when that will occur. Yes. Uh, uh, are you one of those that says this could occur before the rapture? It could. Um, the, the text says that the fallout from it all will, will last seven years. Um, the length of the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, is seven years. Um, scholars are, I would say, equally divided that it will be before the rapture or after the rapture. Some say it'll be way into the tribulation. I don't see how that's possible. But I think the point is, it's probably in the very near future. We just we just are guessing on timing. But in that the circumstances are being set up as we speak. I mean, this Nord Stream is no small story because of the things I've already said. And people have to have access to, to, to gas to survive, just like they have to have food to survive. So um, I just think that the timing is interesting. I think that the fact Israel can provide it. Remember, it says in Genesis 12 that Israel will be a blessing to the whole world. Uh, and this is certainly a way in which Israel can certainly be a blessing to all of Europe. Uh, I guess the, the follow-up question to that is, if it occurs before what many people believe uh, the rapture is the, the next yes. big event on God's agenda, would God intervene if Russia decided to invade to attack Israel? Um, the text says that when this war happens, and again, the timing is greatly up for debate, when it happens, 
it's not going to be Israel that defeats the Russians, and it's a coalition. It's a coalition including Turkey, including Iran, including Ethiopia, including Libya and other nations. So it's a coalition. And the text says God will defeat them because who knows? I mean, are they coming with nuclear weapons? We don't know, but but it sounds like it's going to be such a, an extreme invasion that only God, not even Israel, can defeat this invading army. <clears throat> but God will defeat them, and that's quite made quite clear in the text there. It, all of this, you know, if it happened today or tomorrow, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It is shocking. But you know what? I never thought I'd see some of the things going on that we speak, we're speaking of now, let alone the potential Gog-Magog invasion. We may see it. We very well may see it. Uh, that's the uh, the voice of Jan Markell, one of our most popular uh, shows. Uh, her uh, ministry is Olive Tree Ministries. She has a radio program on American Family Radio called Understanding the Times, which airs uh, on the weekend at uh, 1, 1 o'clock Central on Saturdays, 12 p.m. Central on Sundays. Uh, Jan, what is uh, you have any idea what you're going to be talking about this weekend? I know sometimes yeah. it's last minute, but... <laughs> We're actually going to be talking for part of my programming about what I just shared with you. I have a military man with me, Pete Garcia. He'll give great insight into both Nord Stream and the potential for the the whole Russian. Well, let's just say Russia needs. We need to keep our eyes on Russia right now. So we will talk about that this weekend. And I think we love hearing from your folks. So I think they'll be intrigued by this. Well, folks, check it out this weekend, Understanding the Times. Uh, Jan, thank you so much for being with us. Always uh, eye-opening, I'd say eye-popping when uh, (laughs) you're on with us. So, Thanks so much. Thank you, Jan. Goodbye now. Very interesting topic right now and extremely current. Uh, There has been an alliance between Israel and Russia in recent years, but right now there's a great deal of tension, not only because of what Jan mentioned about natural gas from Israel, uh, supplying Europe. But also, um, there's there's an election coming up in Israel in the next 10 days or so. Former Prime Minister Netanyahu could become the next Prime Minister again. He was asked the other day, okay, the, the tension comes from this. Israel is indicating that it may start supplying weapons to the Ukraine. Yes, and that's what this, that's what this trouble is. Yes. I, I neglected to mention that. Yes, that's that's currently what is raising the ire of the of the Russians. So, uh, and Netanyahu was asked this in an interview on Fox the other day. Uh, so, if you become prime minister, are you going to supply weapons to the Ukraine? He did not answer that question. Right. He said uh, that remains to be seen. So, uh, that's that's where and that possibility uh, gave rise to statements from uh, Dmitry Medvedev. Yeah. You may remember He's him. He's former Russian president. Former Russian president. He's now the deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council. And he basically said, our relationship with Israel would be over yeah. if Israel starts supplying weapons to the Ukraine. So this is very current. This is something we're going to have to watch in the, not the months ahead, the days ahead. Yeah. Uh, very fascinating. And uh, again, there is, uh, folks, we're not promoting a particular view of the end times, but anyone who studied Ezekiel 38 and 39 would, I would think, I was fascinated in listening to Jan talk about this. 
um, because when she said we could see it, yes. I thought, wow, yeah. to, to see God defeat Israel's enemies in yes. our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But as she said also, there's a lot of things I never thought we'd see in our lifetime, including the technology, the surveillance technology that we have, the the tying of the ability to buy and sell uh, actually coming to fruition um, I, I don't know how long it would take to be available worldwide, but I never thought I never thought we'd be there either. Yeah. So a lot of fascinating things uh, coming down the pipe. Well, let me ask you this, and it, I know we're coming up on the end of the show. I I, I think this could no, no, be done no, quickly. The just the break. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, the show goes. The show continues even though you leave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it it does. Stick around because Steve's going to be joining us. I misspoke. Um, some people uh, out there they. They say things like, I've been hearing this all my life. It's never happened, all this other stuff. Is this one of those issues where people kind of become complacent and they're not ready for the end, do you think? Uh, yes. <laughs> Here, here's what I what I'd say. When I was pastoring, I would, because I would get this question mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, but Brother Ed, we've heard this. And, and my answer was always this. Look, we are told, it is true that, uh, for example, when Hitler looked like he was going to take over all of Europe, here's this. Uh, this man with the ability to mesmerize crowds and he, who can stop him, who can make war against him. I said, yes, there were a lot of Christians who said, this is it. This is the Antichrist. This is the end. Okay, that has happened many, many times. Napoleon, uh, you could go, you know, dozens of instances. But I think Christians are meant by looking at the scriptures to become wary when someone arises. You recognize the character of the individual, the demonic power behind him. You prepare yourself for the possibility that this could be it. One day it is going to be it. Oh, sure. And and one day, uh, you know, uh, this is going to be something that uh, Christians are going to be right about. I, I find no fault in Christians who look at circumstances and say, and start preparing themselves for the end because one day uh, things will flip off the table. Uh, with you know the rapture and all all those things we talked about, but amen. Uh, anyway, had to rush that in. Uh, it's not the end of the program, folks. We have five minutes of news, and then we'll be right back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.